The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us today. On each one of the pews near the center aisle, there is a friendship pad. It's a black folder, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly here. Inside, you can see the announcements of what's going on in the life of our church in the next few weeks. This morning, we have a new members class at the 10 o'clock hour in Tankersley Hall. If you, are, if you have been attending for a while and would like to know more about us, or if you are ready to consider joining our church, you're welcome to come and join us over there for that, whether you've signed up or not. It's a one-hour class right over in Tankersley Hall after this service. We also have a grief support group that is a six-week-long class that starts the day after Easter, the Monday after Easter at 4 in the afternoon. It helps us if you sign up for that. So you can sign up online for that. Uh, also, you can see that our third Friday group is inviting you to join them to learn about Russian icons. We have a professor from Chapman University who's coming to talk about that, and it's a potluck evening. This is a great place to get to know people. If you are wondering how you meet people in this church, this is a great place to do it. Our women have invited Linda Roberts, who was our speaker for the women's retreat, to come and do a half-day workshop for us that's a continuation of some of what she talked about at the retreat, but you could come even if you weren't at the retreat. She's talking about Gallup Strength Finder. It's an inventory that you take online, helps you understand more about yourself and uh, about your why things work as they work in relationships, in work, in all sorts of parts of life. If you are interested in that, you need to sign up online. It's the only way to sign up because then you get a code and you do the inventory online. So you are all, all the women are welcome to that. You notice that there is a deadline for that. So do sign up soon. You can see our Holy Week begins next Sunday with Palm Sunday. And that week uh, we have a service on Thursday night and on Friday night. And then our Easter services are at different times than they are regularly at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock on Easter Sunday morning. Invite the neighborhood to come and join you. We hope that we will uh, have lots of your friends here with us. It'll be a wonderful morning to worship the Lord together. You can help contribute to the decor that morning by, don by give, donating money to dedicate some Easter lilies for that morning, and you can see how you can do that out near the Deacon Donut carts this morning. Our children are signing up for their summer activities, vacation Bible school, and Camp H2O, and our outreach committee reminds us that this is the last week to bring cereal for the Resource Center. They are doing a cereal drive this month. Lots of other things that are happening. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Father, God of love and life, with thankful hearts, we acknowledge our lives to be a gift of your grace, renewed every morning and built up every day by your sovereign care. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, we find the beginning and end of all things, and in him we find hope, joy, and courage for new beginnings. Hear our praises and be pleased with our worship this morning, for you are worthy of our honor and adoration. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find printed in your bulletin. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It, it is, is he, he that, that made us, us and, and we, we are, are his. his. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Oh, come, let us worship the Lord. And so let us stand and praise him together. in wonder, love, and praise. We sing together. Wonderful, merciful. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and
As the deer pants for the water, Psalm 42 says, so our soul longs after you, O God. And we long to worship you, Lord. Let's sing together, church. As the deer for the water so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. you hear our cry, O Lord. The psalmists call us to confession. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So we sing together, Holy God. See you. 
we pray together. Holy and faithful God, forgive our faithlessness. Holy and mighty God, see beyond our apathy, our thoughtlessness, our self-centeredness, our wrong choices. Holy, immortal God, see into our hearts, for you are our treasure. We lift up our prayers in personal silent confession. Amen. Love, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Worthy is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.
want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John. Chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. You'll find on page, I'll take one more look here, 106 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Hear now God's word to us. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence. Sharpen our minds that we may discern your truth and shape our wills that we may desire your ways. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I remember as a child walking out to the street on Sunday morning to get the Sunday morning paper. There was only one thing that I was interested in that paper, the comics. I would get inside and the rest of the paper would be thrown to the side and I would engulf myself in what we called the funnies. There was Marmaduke and Peanuts with Snoopy, my favorite. Family circle, just to name a few. But I'm going to share with you a secret. One I wouldn't share with any of my friends back then. I would always take a look at the cartoon with the one-sentence caption called, Love Is. You know the cartoon, Love Is? Every Sunday morning since the early 1970s, even to this day, the Love Is cartoon continues. And I read that Kim Grove, who's a New Zealander, she had watched the movie Love Story. You seen the movie Love Story? And there was a quote in the movie which struck a chord in her, and it was this. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Yeah, how well would that go in your household? 
How well would that go in your relationships? I don't need to say I'm sorry. We just love each other. (laughs) So in response, she drew up these two little characters, a boy and a girl, and she would write a one-sentence caption underneath describing the nature of love. Comments she would later admit were things that she had shared with her husband over the years. You want to hear a few? Of course you do. Now, as I wrote these down, I thought to myself, it is amazing how these link up with our story, with the story I just read this morning. Love is the day you will always remember. Love is when your search is over. Love is knowing your heart is in the right place. Love is what you fill your home with. Love is being loved back. Love is when he or she makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. Ah, that's so good. And my favorite, love is someone who makes your life complete. I would think to myself each Sunday, sooner or later, she's got to run out of these captions. In how many ways can you describe love? And ah, let me count the ways. And when I came up with this sermon title, I thought how interesting it would be to hear all of the conversations of people as they drive by in their car or walk by our marquee and they look at that sermon title, Love Is. Wouldn't it be fascinating to hear how people in this day and age may answer and finish that question, Love Is. And I ask you this morning, how might you finish the sentence, Love Is? In our passage this morning, we are given a glimpse in how the family of Lazarus is finishing the sentence, love is. In chapter 11, which we heard last week, we we see the profound miracle performed by Jesus in raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. We are told in chapter 11, verse 5, when he had heard of Lazarus' illness, that he loved Martha her sister Mary, and Lazarus. Let's remember that this morning. Jesus loved this family. Later the news comes to Jesus that Lazarus has died. And he makes his way to Bethany, and of course first going to the house of his friends. And by now we are told that Lazarus has been dead for four days. Visiting first with Martha, he makes that pivotal statement. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Next, he visits with Mary. And he shows her deep concern. He shows her love, and he shows how much he loved her brother, Lazarus. And there's that very short, poignant verse that says that Jesus wept. And Jesus walks to the tomb of Lazarus, and I picture him walking to that tomb with this huge crowd around him with his disciples. I picture Martha on one side and Mary on the other. And he looks at the tomb, and he calls out, Lazarus, come out. And by the power of God, Lazarus is raised from the dead, 
And we read that he is restored back to his family, the family that Jesus loved. After this miracle, we can only imagine the response and the reaction of all the different people in the crowd. Some, we are told, place their initial faith in Jesus Christ. By seeing this act of Jesus raising the dead, some people right away came to the conclusion, Jesus is Lord, he's God, he's got to be. He has raised somebody from the dead, I believe. And there are others who I think would be just like us, who have faith in Christ. Their faith was confirmed. Yes, I believe, and this this only confirms the faith that I already have. Some were filled with unbelief. Can you believe that? How could you be filled with unbelief and seeing something like that? They were resentful of that act. And some who not only wanted Jesus executed, but they wanted Lazarus executed as well. As a result, this put Jesus and his disciples into hiding in Ephraim, and it also put Lazarus and his family into seclusion. For every time people saw Lazarus, it was a billboard for the power of God. That could get exhausting for Lazarus. It wouldn't take long for Lazarus' family to express their thanks to Jesus. I thought about it this week. How would I express my thanks to Jesus for raising a family member of mine from the dead? I asked a friend of mine, I was curious, I asked a friend of mine, how would you thank Jesus if one of your brothers had died and then been raised from the dead by Jesus four days later? And their response to me was, it depends on which brother. He's an honest man. I love him for that. (laughs) Now, Martha, in character, takes on the role of the cook and the server. There she is again at this banquet. I'm sure Martha's making an amazing meal. She's pulling out all of the stops. She might finish the love is sentence with, love is serving the beloved. Many of us can relate to that as service might be our love language. Lazarus is reclining at the table with Jesus at this banquet. I think that's where each of us would be if we were Lazarus. Wouldn't you be right there relaxing and resting next to Jesus, just soaking it all in, knowing this is the one who raised you from the dead and you will spend the rest of eternity with him? He may finish the sentence with, love is being in awe of the beloved. And then along comes Mary, her brother and sister who know her quite well. They've seen her do different things over the years. Maybe they're thinking, "Uh oh, here comes Mary. Here we go. And she walks straight over to Jesus and she does something that is so extravagant, so outrageous, so scandalous. It becomes an either-or moment for everyone present at the banquet. Carrying a pound of very valuable perfume, which we read was worth 300 denarii. That's a year's wages. Some commentators think it was worth over twenty-five dollars to $30,000. She starts to pour it out. How extravagant. That could have been their whole life savings, their security. And then she proceeds to pour this entire pound of fragrance on Jesus' feet. 
his feet. His dirty, smelly, calloused feet. How outrageous. In that culture, maybe when someone, a guest came over to your home, you would take just a dab of perfume and put it on their forehead or a part of their body just to make them smell a little better when they came in their home. They didn't have the benefit of deodorant, things like we have, and things that smell now, yeah, those smelled back then too. So they put just a dab on you as you walked in the house. But she pours an entire pound. And lastly, She lets down her hair to clean and wipe the feet of Jesus with her hair. You know that was scandalous back then. In that culture, you would only let down your hair in the privacy of your own home with your beloved or your immediate family. Mary might finish the sentence with, Love is a life poured out for the beloved. With this expression of thanksgiving and love, she has shown what has been called an extravagant abandonment. I like the way that one pastor put it. He said, it's a beautiful thing when the worth of Jesus and the love of his followers match and correspond with one another. Mary was saying in her worship before all those people just as we should be saying before the Lord in our worship, with all that I am and all that I have, I am going to follow you no matter what comes my way. And she would be making a powerful statement of faith by preparing his body for burial by pouring out this precious ointment. And so you might be wondering this morning, what made her this way? What stoked this kind of love in this woman? She's been watching, and she has been listening. When she saw her brother raised from the dead, when she heard the words of Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life, she started to put those things together, and she thought to herself, the only way for my brother to be raised to life would be for Jesus to lose his. So faith leads to love, love leads to worship, and worship leads to us pouring our lives out before God and others. As the fragrance slowly starts filling that house, and you know from a pound of perfume, that fragrance is starting to fill every single space of the room. There is one person who is not all in, In fact, he has disdain for what he has witnessed and is Judas. The great theologian Sting once said, ready for this? No sweet perfume has ever tortured me more than this. All that Judas sees is a waste of money. May we never be that way. He's thinking this is the wrong time, the wrong place, and the wrong person for an investment of such magnitude. Where Mary was motivated by love, saying, God, you may use me for your glory, Judas wanted to use God to get what he wanted for his own means and for his own glory. Maybe Judas would finish the sentence with, love is 
something that can be bought. I love this next part. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. You have the rest of your life to care for the poor like he cared for the poor. But this day, what is most important is right before your very eyes. Could it be that we are being invited into the story? Could it be that we have been invited to the banquet? To the home where the fragrance and the aroma is filling the entire space, pointing us to Jesus Christ. Invited to follow Jesus to Jerusalem, to Calvary, to the tomb of his burial. Invited to sit at the feet of Jesus, to touch him, to hear him, to see him to know the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, that love that can never be separated from us. Maybe you needed to hear this morning that God loves you and nothing can get in the way of his love for you. What might that look day in and day out? Well, I can tell you last Wednesday, I had one of those days. You had one of those days lately that Mama warned you about? And I've become aware the older I get that there is only so much fuel, so much gas in my tank. And I'm becoming very aware of how that dial starts here at full at the beginning of the day and starts working its way over to that empty sign, to that red line. And there was a lot of things going on Wednesday morning, and I got to lunch, and I had lunch with a friend who was going through a very difficult time, and my heart was just going out to him. And we prayed together. Early afternoon, I had to put some fires out and in terms of the mission trip I'm putting together, and all worked out. But by the time I got to late afternoon, I had to make a few phone calls to the insurance company, something I've been dealing with all of March. And when I got off the phone with this insurance guy, and he knew I wasn't happy, I admit it, I confess it, there are certain words I gave up for Lent and they seep in every now and then. <laughs> I thought to myself, that is the 25th phone call that I have made to a different entity dealing with this insurance situation. And I was hitting the wall and I was empty. And that inner voice started to speak to me. And I'm talking about the dark inner voice. You got a dark inner voice? John Ortberg in one of his books says that if you don't think you have an inner voice and you say to yourself, who does this bozo think he is? I don't have an inner voice. You got yourself an inner voice. <laughs> when I hung up the phone, one of my sons came down the stairs and said, whoa, what's up with you, Dad? And we had a nice conversation. He said he would pray for me. My wife immediately said, I'll pray for you. I texted Jerry and Abby and asked them to pray for me. And something started to happen within me. Maybe it's true what they say, that love is a battlefield. And I started feeling things going back and forth. And the Spirit reminded me of something I said to our Sunday school students on Sunday. I asked them a very good question. I said, if you had a friend that was going through a very difficult time, what would you say to them? And I started writing all these answers up on the whiteboard, and Kyle raised his hand, first of all, and said, I would remind them that God loves them. And that reminder came into my heart and my mind, and my disposition slowly but surely started to change. Change. 
And I thought about the story of Mary, her love and her devotion to God, but it was first a response to God's love for her. And then I pictured Jesus looking at all of those things that were trying to discourage me and him saying, leave him alone. Leave him alone. He is my child. He is part of my family. And I love him. And I came to the conclusion, wait a minute. Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He loved that family. He must love us just the same. He loves us just the same because we are a part of his family. And he looks at those things that try to discourage us and he says, leave her, leave him alone. I love you. You are a part of my family. I am the resurrection and I am the life. You may ask, How might Jesus finish the question? It's there before us in the Gospel of John. It's there for us every day. Love is, no, greater love is, a willingness to lay down my life for a friend. You are my friends. You're my family. Amen? Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith together of the prayer of St. Francis. Let us say this prayer together. Lord, make Make me an instrument instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give up.
Unmeasured church, boundless love. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly of love. It is because of your immense love for us that you stooped. You stooped to be our servant and willingly suffered the death of your only son to give us life. For that love we give you thanks and praise. And we praise you for the way that that love is evidenced in creation, in our community, in our church, in our lives, in the events of this holy week. O oh God of love, you have given us a new command to love each other. Help us to show that love in our care of creation. Help us to show that love to the nations of the world. Help us to show that love to all those who dwell in our land. Help us to show that love in this community and through the church universal and through the local church, this local church in its ministry. But we do minister to persons with particular needs. Lord, we, all the ways in which you bless us and use us, we praise you. May we be your servants and reflect your love. For we pray in the name of your loving Son, Jesus Christ, who loves us and who lives and reigns with you forever. 
And now hear us as we offer that prayer that your loving son taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my riches gain, I count but loss, and for contempt on all my pride. See from his hand.
My good friend Tom Fay, who switches out the marquee every week out front here, reminded me of how the Apostle Paul would finish that sentence. So this will be our blessing this morning. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And now, faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. May God's love overflow from your life to the lives of others this week as he bless you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. Amen.